This spring, our sermon series, A Community We Can Call Home, is a chance to notice and think about the ways we are called by God's Spirit to be a community and the ways in which we share life as a community. We are looking forward to coming back together in person on May 23rd, and now is a chance for us to deeply consider what connects us together as a community of faith. This sermon series, we are asking the central question, what is a church community? Last week, Dale preached on how spiritual gifts given by the Holy Spirit strengthen a whole community when each gift is recognized and shared. Today, I will follow up on that theme by reflecting on the unity of the church, a unified community formed out of a diversity of people who come together in Christ. One way to define a church community is that a congregation is a group of unrelated individuals who attend church services for personal and private reasons. The church they attend is an institution whose purpose is the maintenance and delivery of a religious culture. The staff, the pastors, the musicians, etc are the performers and the congregation attends church services and programs as the audience, there to consume the goods that the church provides, in particular to consume a worship service that fits the tastes and preferences of the congregation. This kind of consumer-driven church is quite normalized. But as we listen to today's scripture readings, ask yourself whether the scripture reveals a consumer-driven model as the true calling of the church. We will hear three readings. Each one is chosen for its words of wisdom about Christian unity. The first is from the Gospel according to John, where Jesus prays for his current and future disciples to become one with each other in love. The first reading anchors us in Jesus' ministry as a starting point for understanding who we are and who we are called to be as a community following Christ. Our second reading is from the Apostle Paul's letter to the church in Corinth and follows on Dale's sermon last week about how spiritual gifts are varied within the body of Christ. Today's reading describes how, by the power of the Spirit, Baptism unites us across human boundaries. Our final reading from the Apostle Paul's letter to the church in Ephesus reminds us that we are one in the Spirit and are called to seek and preserve, called to seek to preserve that unity. As you listen to these three readings, listen for the theme of how a shared calling in Christ by the power of the Spirit ties diverse people together to serve. God's purposes. Prepare our hearts, O God, to accept your word. Silence in us any voices but your own, so that we may hear your word and also do it. Through Christ our Lord. Amen. Our first reading comes from the words of Jesus' prayer in the Gospel according to John, chapter 17, verses 20 through 24. Hear the words of our Lord. I'm not praying only for them, 
but also for those who believe in me because of their word. I pray they will be one, Father, just as you are in me and I am in you. I pray that they also will be in us so that the world will believe that you sent me. I've given them the glory that you gave me so that they can be one just as we are one. I'm in them and you are in me so that they may be made perfectly one. Then the world will know that you sent me and that you have loved them just as you loved me. Our second reading comes from Paul's first letter to the church in Corinth, chapter 12, verses 12 through 14. Christ is just like the human body. A body is a unit and has many parts. And all the parts of the body are one body, even though there are many. We were all baptized by one spirit into one body, whether Jew or Greek or slave or free, and we all were given one spirit to drink. Certainly the body isn't one part, but many. Our third reading comes from Paul's letter to the church in Ephesus, chapter 4, verses 1 through 6. Therefore, as a prisoner for the Lord, I encourage you to live as people worthy of the call you received from God. Conduct yourselves with all humility, gentleness, and patience. Accept each other with love and make an effort to preserve the unity of the spirit with the peace that ties you together. You are one body and one spirit, just as God also called you in one hope. There is one Lord, one faith, one baptism, and one God and Father of all, who is over all, through all, and in all. We thank God for his eternally relevant word. Amen. In his letters, Paul describes a community of believers in Christ as a body with many parts. The body metaphor for the church is living and breathing. A body is a single organism of diverse, interconnected, necessary parts, all working together to serve the life of the organism. A body is made for the parts to function and move together. However, the image of the church as a body has become so familiar, I wonder if for some of us, this metaphor isn't as impactful as it might have been at the time when Paul wrote the original letter. I have a couple of musicians in my house, and as I was thinking about the metaphor of the church as a body, a related image came to me. An orchestra, like a church, can be thought of as a body with many parts. Have you ever had the chance to see a live orchestra perform? Or maybe you've been in a band or an orchestra yourself, even in elementary school, or sung in a choir. There's a moment before the performance begins when all the musicians get in tune with one another. Even though the tuning isn't part of the performance, this tuning itself can be compelling. There's a feeling of teamwork and anticipation of something exciting to come. As an orchestra tunes, from what I understand, generally the oboe plays an A note, and the rest of the orchestra tunes to that A. In a moment, I am going to share the sound of an orchestra tuning together as a way of thinking about the unity of the church as a group of people tuned to Christ.
coming together to allow ourselves to be used for God's highest purposes. As the clip plays, listen for how the oboe plays one clear note, then the sound of other instruments follows, playing their particular tones. The oboe will sound several times with some silence in between as different sections tune to it. And then eventually, as the musicians are listening to one another, some starting in later than others, they are all coming together on the same note. And toward the end of the clip, you'll hear the audience in the concert hall join in the moment with some applause before the conductor taps the baton to signal the start of the concert. Let's listen. An orchestra is a body of musicians coming together in order to serve the higher purpose of playing music. As a church, God makes us a body through the Spirit in baptism. Our unity comes from our belief that God's core revelation is made known to us in Christ. An orchestra has many instruments, violins and cellos, flutes, trumpets, percussion instruments, and so on. Each musician is talented, and each instrument is beautiful on its own. But they come together in a particular way to make an orchestra that plays as one. Similarly, in Paul's letter to the Corinthians, Paul reminds us that individuals who follow Christ come together by the Spirit as parts of one body. Just as an orchestra's higher purpose is to come together in unity, in service to the music, our higher purpose as the church is to come together in unity to live, live as if God's kingdom is here among us now. God's kingdom gives us vision for how to live together as one body made of many parts with attention to embodied witness to Christ and a commitment to God's justice. If the church is a body, like an orchestra is a body, then the church must tune itself to a single note. Otherwise, our work will be discordant. In order to serve God's purposes harmoniously, we tune ourselves to Christ because Christ is tuned to God. We see this harmony in Jesus's prayer in John, where Jesus says, I am in them and you are in me so that they will be made perfectly one. When we get in tune with Christ, we get in tune with God. How do we get in tune with Christ? First, like a musician, individually we must practice on our own. Praying, reading the Bible, and other personal spiritual practices help us grow in our personal connection to God. Then, as a body, like an orchestra, we come together in a worship service to tune, whether it is online or in person. 
Just as the oboe plays the note for the other musicians to tune to, we read and listen to the same scriptures at a worship service. We pastors, musicians, and other worship leaders tune ourselves ahead of time to the message of the scriptures so that the sermon, the prayers, the songs, hymns, and other parts of the service are all tuned to the same note that the scriptures are playing. We are kind of like the first group of musicians that you heard tuning to the oboe. Then the next group of musicians comes in, playing in the same orchestra, tuning together. This second group is everybody who is in the community who gathers for worship. You who come to worship are, are not the audience clapping and watching. You are players in God's orchestra, tuning to Christ too. The service is not a performance, but is instead the tuning of ourselves to Christ as instruments in service to God. We are participating, listening, and studying the same scriptures, experiencing the same worship music, and saying prayers, listening and tuning like the body of the orchestra as we become one in service to God. Additionally, orchestras practice together in order to be able to play well together. If our worship service is our communal tuning, then the way we practice together is through our lives in community. Two weeks ago, we talked about how the early church shared their lives together through dedicating themselves to the apostles' teaching, through fellowship and sharing resources, and through meeting, praying, and eating together. Last week, Dale shared a message celebrating how our individual spiritual gifts strengthen the whole community. In order to share those gifts, unity is essential so that we are not jockeying for positions or creating a human hierarchy where some are better than others. Instead, we recognize our shared identity in Christ. In Paul's letter to the church in Ephesus, Paul reminds us that the way in which we share our lives and celebrate one another's gifts is important. He says, conduct yourselves with all humility gentleness, and patience. Accept each other with love and make an effort to preserve the unity of the Spirit with the peace that ties you together. Each church congregation or community, living in unity, tuning itself to Christ, can be a place where Christians practice living together as best we can, as if God's kingdom is among us. Further, as I said two weeks ago, churches should not be in competition with one another. Instead, we are part of the larger body of the church, and our united witness across congregations, when lived out together, can be part of our fulfillment of God's call to unity in Christ and commitment to justice. When we are tuned to Christ, we begin to see that the unity of the church is of utmost and vital importance. One example Dutch theologian Wiesert Hooft witnessed the complicity of the Christian church in the rise of the Nazi party and the continued splintering of the church worldwide over issues of race and class and political ideology from the 1930s to the 1960s. Wiesert Hooft wrote that the times cry out for a bold, united counter-witness from the church. He said that when the church is true to its calling, it is a fellowship which transcends all frontiers of nation or race or class and thus challenges head-on 
by its very existence the idolatrous and racist claims of nationalist ideology. In other words, we are better able to reject dangerous false idols and false worship when we are tuned to Christ and each other. We are bound together in embodied witness to Christ. Today we will celebrate communion, and when we come to the Lord's table, called together by Christ himself, we receive a gift from God. Partaking of the bread as the body of Christ is a tangible way for us to get in tune with him and symbolizes our unity with him and with one another as the church. One last note on unity. As we listened to the audio of the orchestra warming up, we could hear the audience come in with applause. In the best kinds of performances, the audience is invited into the moment, becoming one with the musicians, a community of diverse individuals, unified for a short time by the experience of being swept away by the music. Unlike an orchestra, a church does not have an audience in the sense that we are not giving a performance, and it would be counter to scripture to perform our religion for the benefit of those who might be watching. However, I do think that just in the way that music is meant to be heard, the message of Christ is meant to be carried out into the world. As we tune ourselves to Christ and try as we can to live in harmony with one another, then we are assured that the message we carry in our words and actions and the work that we do is in service to God and our neighbors. And that message resounds with the truth of the good news of the grace of God made known in Christ. May it be so. Thanks be to God. Amen.